right, I'm Chris Avina with American Outdoor News, and spring is in the air. We have Josh Bendosky from Bendosky Power Fishing, and uh, he's also a writer for American Outdoor News. Josh, thanks for taking the time for being with us today. Hey, I'm super excited to be on here. I, I really love the magazine. I love being a part of it, being able to contribute to it, and, and being able to, you know, help people catch more fish. That's really, I, I'm, a, I'm in the fishing section, of course, and that's really what we're all about, man. I'm just really excited to be on the show. So yeah, let's get into it. I know you're a big fisherman. You're always posting your videos. You got a YouTube channel. How'd you get hooked on fishing? You know, th that's a good story. Uh, I'll take just a minute here and, and relay it. Uh, the folks out there that are fishermen, you, most of you I would imagine have heard of the Provo River. Provo River is world famous fly fishing. I mean, people come here from Europe, from basically from all corners of the world to fish the Provo River. And I just, uh, you know, I happened to grow up uh, about three blocks from Provo River. And wow. so just as a kid, I, I used to, you know, every day after school, um, I would just walk, you know, my mom would let me just walk down to the river with my fishing pole. And so I used to fish Provo River every single day, you know, as a young boy, my, my grandfather came down and, 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 you know, on my YouTube channel, we don't, we don't feature Provo River that much because, uh, just because River fishing for me um, is, is kind of slow fishing. I mean, a good day, even on Provo River, a great day on Provo River, uh, you know, you may catch, I don't know, maybe 10 at the most. I mean, you got to be really slick to get 10 in the day on Provo River. But, uh, you know, it's just world famous. It's, it's one of the most popular rivers in the whole world for fly fishing. And so I do fish it occasionally, and I'm going to feature it in a lot more of my videos. I just, okay. you know, as, as I grew up in Utah, which is phenomenal, phenomenal uh, outdoors, fishing. We've got so much stuff going on up here in the Rocky Mountains. Um, I got more into lake fishing because, you know, a lot of it. And if you look at my YouTube videos, if you ever check that out, uh, you know, we like to I like to catch, you know, 30, 40, 50, 100 fish a day. And and so the lakes here in the Rocky Mountains have that potential you can go out there and catch a hundred fish a day you know on a good day and 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 that just doesn't happen on the river so but we fish all over the Provo River so we fish uh strawberry we fish there's uh, there's different lakes that feed Provo River and then Jordanelle and then uh, Deer Creek and all these big lakes up here they all feed this river with big beautiful beautiful trout and so um, you know, when I, I just had gotten older and I'd gotten a vehicle and, and so I fished Pearl River, uh, I mean, like I said, for until, you know, from, from probably eight or nine years old till I was in my teens when I got a vehicle, then I started going to the lakes, but the lakes here offer huge trout, just big, beautiful trout. And, uh, and so that's really what got me into fishing. I just, you know, I didn't have much to do uh, after school. And so I just would walk. I mean, uh, and then if you're familiar with the area, and, and some people are, but the, the hospital has, there's a humongous hospital that has it bought my mom's house, it bought everything. So my, the actual home that I grew up in is a parking lot now for the hospital, but it was like three blocks from the river. And I, I spent, oh man, I spent 
years and years of my life uh, just fishing in Provo River. And then it just grew into something bigger than that. So that's kind of the, the longer story, but that's how it happened. So now you're a lake fisherman. What's your favorite fish to, to go for? You know, Utah, it's funny because we catch so many trout and Utah is famous for trout. That's really what the fly fishing here is all about. But I, Provo River ends at, at my favorite lake of all. It's called Utah Lake. It's, it's where Provo River ends. I mean, it's, it's one of the most famous rivers in the world. Ends, and there's no trout in Utah Lake because it's just low enough that it's too warm. The, the, the trout don't go down the river that far. The walleye do, the walleye come through, and actually they're running right now, but the walleye come down. But um, my favorite fish is catfish because in Utah, although we have really big trout, really big trout, um, not like, you know, ocean, it's not like ocean trout, so they're not humongous, but they're, you know, they're really big and beautiful. Um, but catfish for me, they are so big and so strong. And actually, just last night, I caught like 25 um, catfish. They're just starting to heat up right now. Um, and, and there'll be a YouTube video coming out on that soon. But, but yeah, catfish, they're in Utah and in the Rocky Mountains in general. And actually, in, in, you know, across the whole Rocky Mountains, uh, although trout is the, the famous, most famous fish, you know, catfish are way bigger and way stronger than any trout that I've ever caught. And they are just such a blast. I, you know, you do any noodling? The, so we don't have the type of catfish. <laughs> That's a funny. <laughs> I'll just tell a very brief story here. That's funny because uh, we don't have. I'm not sure what type of catfish you can noodle for, but it's one that doesn't bite. I know that for sure because they stick their hand in their mouth. Because yeah. I, I mean, I've been bitten. I, I used to hold catfish when I was younger before I got a handful of times by the mouth like a bass you know what I mean uh, you see people yep. holding bass by the mouth a catfish or at least the the types of catfish we have here they will clamp down on your thumb so hard I mean they will bite you for real and they don't have teeth but they have power you know they're yeah if you've seen my uh they got like a hard jawbone yeah but more importantly they got like a crushing power that's how they crush their their prey they, they crunch down on them really, really hard. And so, in fact, one of the, uh, uh, one of my YouTube channel, uh, one of my YouTube videos, I got, I got bit so hard by a catfish, I couldn't even believe how hard I think. So I don't actually stick my hand in, in catfish's mouths anymore. <laughs> because of... Uh, Brilliant wise decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, noodling, I, I definitely want to try noodling, but it's a different, it's, uh, and, and I wish I knew off the top of my head and I, I apologize for not having this information in front of me but I I just there's it's a different kind of catfish that you can put your hand in their mouth because the ones here I mean if you and I have stuck my hand in their mouths and, and they bite super super hard I mean it is well I, I think the only thing that would keep me from trying that is that you don't know what's in that hole you stick your yeah, hand in that yeah. hole what if there's a snapping turtle in there <laughs> That's true, you know, and, and there's these really pretty girls I, I follow on uh, Instagram. Uh, what's that one uh, young gal's name? Uh, she's super famous, uh, Hannah or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is, she's always out noodling and stuff, you know, and she's she's gained a huge following. But, man, um, they must know 
you know, it must be different. They must know something we don't because she's yeah, not afraid Vegas. to <laughs> <in> her mouth. <laughs> and they go down in there. And, and so, yeah, you know, noodling, I want to try it. I want to do it. But yep. with the, the type of catfish we have here, because they will clamp your, your arm. You know what I mean? I mean, catfish, that's one of the reasons I love catch. catch I, that's one of the reasons I love catfish in general is because they are so powerful. You know, that is a very powerful fish. And, you know, sticking your hand in their mouth, <laughs> I, 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 I want to reach out to that community and go up there. I think it's in Kentucky or something like somewhere back east. I know yeah, for they sure. Have, they, they have them uh, in like Louisiana and down yeah. south. Now, yeah, um, I want to you, talk, out, you, um, you said you're going to be doing a, a little bit more uh, fly fishing this, uh, this season. Yeah, I, I, the reason for that, I want to, just because it's so famous. I mean, there's people that are on their bucket list. And it's it's interesting that, you know, the Provo River is so popular. But, I mean, so I just need to get out there. I, I need to go out there and fly fish and, and catch a bunch of, you know, and, and do some YouTube videos on it because it's right here. I mean, right now, I'm probably two and a half minutes from Provo River. You know, okay. which is a big deal for, for a lot of fishermen. I mean, like I said, they people come from all over the world to fish here, uh, fly fish, and how, they miss. How do you I think, uh, how do you get prepared to go fly fishing? What do you watch like the river one sewer with Brad Pitt, and you you get your own? You know, uh, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> you know what? You know it's funny that you mentioned Brad Pitt, but um, also right here, Provo River runs right through Sundance. Sundance is. Sundance is only 20 minutes from my house. Sundance is owned by Robert Redford. Sure. Um, I mean, we got a lot of stuff going on here. There's so much outdoor stuff here. But, yeah, um, fly fishing is big in Utah. I mean, really, really, really big. Um, but, you know, as I mentioned, I just fi I have fished that river for years and years and years. I mean, I, I fished that river even to this day, although I fish, I don't fish it very often. I've fished that river. I don't know that I could ever fish anywhere else more than I have fished the Provo River just because I fished it every single day for, you know, the, the first part of my whole life was fishing that river. What you know. <laughs> yeah. So I just, you know, but, but the truth is it gets fished so hard. It gets a lot of pressure. Uh, in fishing, we call it pressure. It gets pressured so hard that there's just not that many big fish. And, you know, it's funny when you live here, and, and you know when you live here as, as versus just flying in. When you live here, you know that the trout in that river are small, and, and people are always and and I'm happy for them. They're proud, you know, to catch a 12 inch trout or, or a nine inch trout out of that river. With which, if they would have known that, you know, an extra 20 minute drive to Strawberry, which is a beautiful reservoir we have here in Utah, I mean, you could be catching 23, 24 inch trout and catching them by the 30s or 40s or even get up to 100 some days on a really perfect day 100 of these big trout you know and so um, yeah. you know the fishing here is just absolutely phenomenal um in the rocky mountains it's just amazing you know and and i'm just lucky to be here and, and lucky to have the opportunity to you know do the youtube thing and just help people catch fish because um you know and, and we are going to tour i, I want to mention we are going to tour too we you know, most of our YouTube stuff is in Utah at the moment. 
But uh, this next season, we are going to go all through the Rocky Mountains, Colorado, Wyoming, Idaho. There is so much good fishing up here. And uh, we just like to, you know, what we do is we go out and we show people what works. That's one of the main things about fishing, in fact. It's one of my tips that I give on my on my channel often is that, you know, if you if you can talk to a local or somebody who has fished that water, because every body water, it ain't even in like some of our lakes are really, really big. And I'm sure everywhere that's the same thing, right? Sure. Where this right. side of the lake, uh, maybe the north end, let's just say the north end of the lake, certain tactics work. There's certain things that work over there phenomenally well. But with these really, really like Utah Lake is monster size but uh and the south end of the lake it's a totally different setup that, that works you know it's because these lakes are so big but then we also have some of the smaller ones where the same thing works you know throughout the whole the whole lake but some of our lakes are so big that each harbor even has kind of a slightly different um system and and it just it's just it's just cool you know it's cool to kind of share all the different intricacies of, of what works uh, at the different places and elevations too. Elevation is a big deal here in Utah too. In Utah, we have, as I mentioned, Provo River, which is world famous for trout, which ends in a lake that is too warm for them to even go into. They, hmm. you, no one, I've never seen anyone catch a trout out of Utah Lake, but you know, t t uh, five minutes, a five minute drive up Provo River, world famous fly fishing. You know, for trout, it's it's very interesting because you know the temperature of the water. It's just we have so much, so much diversity here. It's just pretty interesting. Sure. You know, I mean that's just really what it is. It's intriguing. Uh, you know what? We're going to take a quick break, but when uh, to to talk about some of our sponsors in a second. But when Excellent. we back, I want to talk about uh, what you would, um, how you would get somebody into uh, fresh, fishing freshwater because we know it's very different than fishing saltwater, uh, which steps they should take, what they should do, and how they uh, should go about getting started. But we're gonna uh, acknowledge um, uh, uh, PhoneScope, one of our sponsors. Uh, Scoped Industries, always coming up with innovative products, the pyro putty and uh, their lighters and things of that nature, definitely check them out. Uh, Underwood Ammo, definitely check out Underwood Ammo if you um, if you're a hunter or a uh, target shooter, you got to check out their ammo. And Absolutely. of course, um, Hunt of a Lifetime, uh, they are providing hunts to uh, uh, sick children. Uh, we're going to take a break and hear, hear from them in a second. We love our children. We protect them, we guide them, we prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do, from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstance, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength, to provide moments of happiness and relief in the hardest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join huntofalifetime.org to help make dreams come true, to provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. 
Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit huntofalifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference. Okay, and we're back. Uh, Josh, somebody just starting to get into fishing, whether an adult or uh, a teen or a child, how do they go about it? What's the best advice you would give them? So, uh, you know, this was actually mentioned in one of the articles. Uh, and if you haven't checked it out, first of all, I want to say thanks to the sponsors. Sponsors, they really, really help uh, the industry. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. So thanks. And I'm, and I'm glad that we were able to highlight these guys. And, and I'm grateful to every one of them um, for, for, for jumping on and helping us out here. So uh, just getting into fishing. Fishing is a very relaxing, a very, it's therapeutic, really it is. And, and uh, it's just a, an amazing way to spend your time. But uh, bait fishing, and I do want to get into barometric pressure too after this, uh, I, because it's very, very, very important, extremely important, especially for somebody who's just getting into fishing to understand barometric pressure. But, you know, bait fishing is, so there's, there's, uh, there's fly fishing, which we've talked about, which is, uh, takes a lot more skill. Uh, it takes a lot more understanding of what the fish are interested in, which is one of the draws, you know, for, for advanced fishermen. But if you're just getting into fishing, um, one of the best things that you can do is, um, in Utah, I would say, in Utah, you can have three hooks. And, and, and that's, that's pretty much a staple across, but you always want to check the guidebook where you're at, right? So, like, for example, in Utah, we can't use live minnows. We have to use dead ones. We have, they have to be dead minnows. There's just certain things, excuse me, that, uh, that need to be, you know, you just always want to make sure you check the guidebook because uh, you want to just follow the regulations in your area. But bait fishing is the easiest type of fishing, in my opinion. What you, what you want to do is, and in, this, is the, uh, this, this is in one of the articles. I, I really dig deep into it, an article uh, for American Outdoor News, so make sure you check that out. But uh, uh, Utah and, and most states allow for three hooks. That's why you see a lot of those lures, like you may see a, uh, a jerkbait that has three. I wish I had one right here in my hand, but I don't. But uh, that has three hooks. So the, every, every state and even actually bodies of water generally have their own regulations too. So, uh, but three hooks. And so with bait fishing, my recommendation always is you do a three hook system. It's a, what I, I call it a buffet, but uh, you want to do usually a night crawler, always a night crawler, because that's just, fish have been eating worms since the beginning of fish and worms. I'm not even sure how they became that way, but they are married. <laughs> They've been married since the, the dawn of time, I guess would probably be the way to say it. So throw a worm and, um, and then in your area, you want to look at you know, sometimes it's power bait. If you're fishing for trout, then maybe the second hook has power bait on it, you know, if you're going for trout. Uh, or if you're going for, you know, you may put shrimp on it. You, you got to kind of figure out or look around or ask around, which is a big tip in fishing, is ask, jump onto the local, uh, we use fake Facebook primarily, but there's groups. There's fishing groups everywhere. Sure. And if you just ask the locals what works, but you put three different types of bait, a worm, and in my, let's just say, let's take Utah Lake, a worm, chicken, a piece of chicken breast, raw, and then uh, a piece of, 
whatever the natural food source is in that water, this happens to be white bass, just because there's maybe billions with a B in this in this lake that I like to fish at. Anyways, and then you just wait. And that is the easiest way to fish uh, because you just wait and then, you know, a fish will grab it. And a lot of times they'll be hooked um, before you even, you don't have to set the hook. So, you know, with bass fishing, a lot of times people look at bass fishing and they say, oh yeah, you got to set the hook really hard, which is true with bass fishing. Um, but if you're just bait fishing, you just kind of wait, you know, and if you're just barely getting into fishing and you're just kind of getting, you know, to where you're used to it, um, bait fishing is one of the easiest ones to do because they will eat whatever it is on that hook where, Sure. You know, with uh, bass fishing or some of the other ones, they're, you're, you're tricking them with a fake lure, and then you got to hook them. Um, so if you're just getting into fishing and you're just getting, you know, just go out there, throw some, you know, different types of food, their food, on your on your hook, and just toss it out there, and then you can just wait, you know. And a lot of times, um, you know, with Utah Lake even, you can catch 20, 30, 40 fish in an evening. Sure with that system you know what i mean and then you can go into the more advanced like fly fishing you know what i mean like the provo river fly fishing um but those are those are they take a lot more skill so if you're just getting into it if you're just getting into fishing if this is like a new thing i would say try bait fishing first because it's okay. just so simple and it's tremendously fun um i found that bacon because it could, I, you know, I've never even used, I've never used bacon, but that, that actually could be, because it has a good, strong, oily, you yeah, know, the oil gets stuff. into the water and it, it, it's an attractant. I mean, who don't yeah. like bacon? Everyone likes bacon. I mean, even the fish good. like bacon. <laughs> I may go out tonight, it, you know, we've got a storm coming in right here, so that kind of leads into barometric pressure, but we've got a storm coming in, um, which usually means good fishing. Um so I think I, I, I think it would make sense to transition into barometric pressure right now because sure. if you're new to fishing, this is a big, this is one of the biggest deals. Mm. Let's get a little water there. Uh, one of the biggest deals in fishing is barometric pressure. And uh, it's something I always uh, mention to people. And, and uh, there's a lot of people, even if they've been fishing their whole lives, they don't know about it. So... You'll, you'll hear fishermen talk about, hey, you know, I've got this great spot. And some days I can catch, you know, 20, 30, 40 fish. And some days I catch zero or one, you yeah. know, even with the exact same presentation, the exact same setup. And with fishing, um, all fish, if you, if you, uh, when you're, uh, you know, if you're going to eat the fish and you're going to open it up, you will see an air sac. They have a little air sac inside of their stomach and it, it controls their buoyancy, right? So maybe a fish wants to hang out, you know, in 20 feet of water or maybe wants to hang out in 60 feet of water, much lower in the, in the water column. And so there's a reason uh, that they have that air sac, you know, evolution or, or however they ended up with it, they have one, right? So it has an air sac inside of it. Now, the... the best way to relay this to uh, an individual is um well there's two two if you've ever heard like your uncle or even you know i'm i'm getting a little older myself um and i can sort of feel it in some of my joints but there's a lot of people out there that say oh there's a storm coming 
you know, and they know because they got something, you know, they got their knee, they have bad knee they or they have, you know, bad, bad joint in their fingers. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. They've got, so, so they can feel what's called the atmospheric pressure or barometric pressure, which comes in the weather report. It's always in the weather report. So if you're fishing, this is a very important, very important thing. Um, and so what happens is there's the, the, the pressure of the atmosphere, which uh, if you're young and you don't have bad joints, you can't feel it. But the best way to relay it to somebody is if you ever swam, like jumped off of a diving board and swam and tried to grab a coin off the bottom of a, of a swimming pool, sure. your ears hurt, your brain hurts. You know, it's like that. It's, that's the pressure, the pressure of, the of the water. The deeper you go. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's the pressure of the water that's pushing down inside of your head. And so it'd be like trying to take a math test when you're at the bottom of the swimming pool and your head hurts. So when the barometric pressure is high, that pressure is pushing down on that air sac inside of their stomach. It's almost like they have a stomach ache. That's probably the best way to put it is they have a tummy ache. So you may, and, and, and the weather, it's, it's a good indicator. If bad weather, like stormy weather, means low pressure, which means better fishing in general, but they're not 100% related. You could have bad weather with high pressure. So you always want to check uh, either an app on your phone or just ask Google, um, you know, what is the barometric pressure? And it doesn't fluctuate that much. It fluctuates from about 28 point, and the points are important, 28 point, let's just say 20.0 up to 31.0. But that minor fluctuation, and it's, it's unfortunate that the scale is so small because it only goes up two or three points. It fluctuates between two or three points and then never goes beyond those two but you know uh, fishing at 30.1 is going to be super hard to catch a fish because they it's almost like they're underwater doing trying to do math they, they're not hungry at all their stomachs hurt because they're they're getting compressed that air sac is just getting squeezed okay. and so it's very challenging to catch fish in that situation whereas on a low pressure day which maybe it's only 29.1 29.6 or something like that but it's lower, then they've relaxed. Their stomach is fine. They're not, they're hungry and you can catch a lot more fish. That's why you see people like, I mean, it happens all the time where you say, man, I caught 20 fish yesterday at this exact spot with, you know, this bait or this lure, whatever it may be. And then they go back the next day and they catch, either they get skunked, which is really unfortunate, or they get to catch one or two. And they don't really know why. why. Why would that happen, you know? And if you're not watching the weather, that can happen to you, you know? And, and it really will help you understand what are the best days to go fishing. Now, of course, if you're just fishing for fun and you just want to go out and relax, you know, go fishing anytime that you can. That's, that's what they sure. say. You know, that's kind of the big thing in fishing is, uh, you know, day fishing is better than a day working every single time, no matter what, even if you don't catch a fish, you know? Now, how does that but vary? How does, how does that vary when you're ice fishing as opposed to fishing on a nice spring day? You know, so the, the atmospheric pressure doesn't really have a, uh, it doesn't, it, it, it is across all seasons. So the pressure, because it's, it, you know, it's like the guy with a bad knee. Uh, you know, doesn't matter if it's wintertime, he can tell storms coming. Doesn't matter if it's summertime, he can tell storms coming because his knee is okay. telling him. He can feel the pressure. So it, it, it's, 
and, and I'm glad you mentioned that because it doesn't really, it's, it's kind of a good guideline if you were to say, okay, well, it's kind of stormy today, so it probably is low, or it's super sunny. Like if you look outside and it is a crystal clear blue sky day, generally that means the pressure is really, really hot. And you're not going to catch very many fish. It's actually better to have kind of a storm. However, they're closely related. I would say closely related. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if that stuff what, what the question was, but they're, they're closely related. They're closely related, but they're not 100% related. That's why you always have to check it because it could be crystal clear and high. And it can be crystal clear and low, but in general, the cloudier, the stormier is better. But you always got to check it because you never know. It could, uh, you know, it could be cloudy and stormy and be super high. But the atmospheric pressure, and I'm not a scientist, so I don't know exactly what creates this. But I just know that it's part of the weather report and it's easy to find out what it is. And for those of you out there, especially if you've got like a really hot fishing spot or somewhere that you like to go all the time, right? Like Provo River when I was a little kid. And some days we'd catch a ton of fish and some days we wouldn't, you know. And back then I didn't know, but that pressure, it, I mean, you can, especially uh, with folks that have fish finders, we, we use fish finders a lot. And, you know, we don't always use them, but, you know, I mean, we like to use them because it gives you an extra edge, right? Just like anything. And, uh, you know, with those fish finders, you could be on a high-pressure day. You could be right on top of a whole school of fish. And and what you have to do on a high-pressure day, you still can catch fish. It's not, it's not the, you're not going to catch very many. But what you have to get is a re, what's called reaction strike. So the fish is not hungry at all. What you have to do is you have to, uh, I guess, annoy it or piss it off. So you want to use something with a lot of, a lot of rattle, a lot of sound. And you want to be right there in the face. And what you're looking for, if you're trying to catch fish on a high pressure day, is a reaction bite. So there, you want to mimic a fish that is an, agitating the, the, you know, the school. And so a fish will bite it because it, it just wants to kill it. It's not even hungry. It wants to just kill this agitating thing that's floating around wherever they're at. Sure. And so it's just, you know, you really got to be mindful. Um, and if you... You know, there's some guide services, and I, I just want to talk about this just very briefly here. There's some guide services that I know of that they will do everything they can to reschedule or to move a, a guided tour if the barometric pressure is too high because they know it's just going to be a challenge to catch fish. And, and that's not going to be a great experience for the people that are paying for the guide, you know, paying for the, the trip. Yeah. And so they do everything they can because, those, you know, that, that pressure is – I, I believe, and I'm not going to get into it on this podcast, but I believe the barometric pressure is more important than the moon phase. It's more important than, I mean, just about every other aspect of fishing, just because when that pressure is high, oh, man. They're out it is out. extremely challenging to catch fish. Um, so that, that, you know, that's kind of the whole thing about barometric pressure is just watch it. And... And you will see, you know, if you document your fishing trips and um, and see how many fish you catch and just document, you know, what was the pressure that day? The pressure, the barometric pressure, I think, is probably the number one indicator of how many fish you can catch that day. There's a lot of other factors, tons of other ones. 
But if that barometric pressure is too high, those fish, they, they just basically, it's like doing math at the bottom of the swimming pool. You know, it's very challenging. And, and then it, if you can avoid fishing on those days and say, okay, hey, I'm going to, especially if you're looking at doing guide servicing, that's a, that's a huge one for people that may be looking into that career of, of guiding. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, if somebody has a bad experience, they're not going to share it with their friend or they will share it with their friends. You're not going to get much more business. But if you can watch that pressure and start to understand it and even, you know, I'm not going to get into it today, but water temperature is another one, but barometric pressure, even way beyond water temperature, it barometric pressure is humongous for fishing. And if you watch it, you can catch, you can plan your days, right? So if I, if, if I look at the forecast and I say, okay, today's high, tomorrow's high, but the next day's low, I can go and catch like I did last night. You know, I caught 25, 30, uh, maybe somewhere between 25 and 30 catfish, right? Wow. And it was just one after another. Bing, 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 bing. You know, the poles are just going off. And then, uh, you know, if the pressure was high, uh, it would be super, super slow night. You know, maybe catch two or three. But um, so that's kind of the, the thing is you just watch it. You keep your eye on it. And then, you know, at least you know what you're getting into. You know, and you can still go fishing. Right. I still go fishing on uh, high pressure days. I uh, just to get out. That's what I have planned, you know. And I'm just going with my buddies. I'm not taking a, any any folks out. I'm just going out to hang out. I just know that it's going to be slow, you know. So I'm not. I'm not. It, it just helps me understand what I'm getting into. And if maybe I get a reaction bite, maybe not, you know. And I could get skunked, and you know. That's one thing that people may misunderstand about somebody like me, somebody who fishes professionally, is that, you know, I, I get skunked sometimes, you know, I, but I know why. That's the important part is that I know why I'm being skunked. If, if the pressure was super, super high, I would know that I had a good chance of getting skunked, but I'm still going to go fishing just because I want to go hang out with my buddies. But, you know, I, I that's, that's kind of what makes you a really good angler, I think, is understanding why you didn't catch fish it's the conditions uh yeah. much like uh when you're going out hunting the, the weather conditions the time yeah. of the year if they're in rut they're not in rut what's getting them running basically the same thing there's factors uh for each sport but we're Absolutely. Running, yeah, out of, uh, we're running out of time here okay well, let's wrap it up and read more about this in the summer issue of American Outdoor News. Josh, yep. where else can we find you besides in American Outdoor News? So, but my last name's hard to spell, but if you just type in, uh, it's Ben Dosky Power Fishing, but you don't even need to put power fishing. My last name is, is unique enough that just putting in, uh, I'm going to spell it for you. It's B as in boy, E-N-D-O-S-K-I. You just put that into uh, the internet. And, and you'll be able to find me on YouTube, Instagram, uh, you know, a lot of the, the, the fishing apps like Fish Finder. There's a, there's a few others. But just type that in if you're into fishing and, and you'll find us. And, you know, what we try to do is just give as much information and tips as we can mm -hmm. just to help you catch more fish. You know, when I was a kid, I, I learned how to fish, but it took time. And I, you know, if I had had a resource, I, I don't want to say how old I am, but it was before the internet, for sure. I got more time on you. I'm a little, I got a few years on you. <laughs> you have a little bit more on me, but I didn't have the internet, you know. And then now that with the age of the internet, you can just find so much information. And I just want to help people catch more fish. I want to have help people have an amazing time fishing. And 
depending on your region, we are going to start uh, probably this spring a series of, um, of fishing tournaments. And so look for that, you know, probably youth youth tournaments. I, we could do grown-up ones, but uh, youth tournaments is probably where we're going to head with it. Either way, uh, so yeah, check us out online. Just type in Bendoski and you'll find us everywhere. Okay, great. I appreciate your time and I will look forward to your article and I'll speak to you soon. Great. Let me just...